The defense of property is a common method of justification used by defendants who argue that they should not be held liable for any loss and injury that they have caused because they were acting to protect their property. English Law In addition to the right of self-defense at common law, Section 3 of the Criminal Law Act 1967 states that a person may use such force as is reasonable in the circumstances in the prevention of crime or in arresting offenders or suspects. Insofar as an attack on property is a crime, reasonable force may be used to prevent the crime or to arrest the offender, whether it be theft of a sum of money or the damage of an object. In many cases of robbery and burglary, the threat will be to both a person and property, and this combination can be a powerful defense. In AG's reference, held that a defendant who manufactured 10 petrol bombs to defend his shop during the Toxteth riots could set up the defense of showing that he possessed an explosive substance for a lawful purpose if he could show he acted to protect himself or his family or property by means he believed reasonably necessary to meet the attack. In theory, the defense of property by itself cannot reasonably provide a justification for inflicting serious injury, but there are a number of cases approving considerable violence to arrest criminals threatening property. Although R. V. Scully held that it was not justifiable to shoot an intruder merely to arrest him, on the facts, the life of the prisoner was threatened, and if he considered his life in actual danger, he was justified in shooting the deceased as he had done, but if, not considering his own life in danger, he rashly shot this man, who was only a trespasser, he would be guilty of manslaughter. See Self-Defense, Australia for a comparative view on whether the use of excessive force causing death should give rise to a mitigatory defense and reform below. In Mead and Belt's case, 1823, Holroyd J. instructed a jury that violence could not be used against a civil trespasser, adding, but, the making an attack upon a dwelling, and especially at night, the law regards as equivalent to an assault on a man's person, for a man's house is his castle and therefore, in the eye of the law, it is equivalent to an assault. One recent case on using force against a burglar is Anthony Martin V.R., 2001, which resulted in the householder being convicted. As the law currently stands, a person in possession can use no more force than they reasonably believe necessary to remove a trespasser from the premises. Further, where the threat to the land or its possession is not immediate, and other measures could be taken that would make force unnecessary, for example, calling the police or seeking remedies through the courts, the defense will normally be lost. But in Chamberlain v. Linden, 1998, Linden demolished a wall to protect a right-of-way, honestly believing that it was a reasonable means of protecting his property, and, incidentally, avoiding litigation. It was held that it was not necessary to decide whether Linden's action was justified as a matter of civil law. For the purpose of the criminal law, what mattered was whether Linden believed that his actions were reasonable. Although this case is on the specific interpretation of the statutory defense under S-5 Criminal Damage Act 1971, the fact that the defendant was not out of time after nine months of inaction is interesting. On a similar statutory defense, DPPV Bayer and others, 2004, dealt with defense of private property as a defense to aggravated trespass under Section 68 of the Criminal Justice and Public Order Act 1994. The court held that if defendants argued they had used reasonable force to defend property from actual or imminent damage that would constitute a criminal act, then the court had to consider whether, on the facts as the defendants honestly believed them to be, the force used was reasonable in all the circumstances. Reform The defense of private defense or protective force, when unlawful force is used or threatened against a person who may use proportionate force to defend persons or property, is distinguished from the line of authority concerned with a similar defense against trespassers. 
In the Law Commission's Report No. 218 Offenses Against the Person and General Principles, 1993, at pages 106 to 110, these defenses are set out, so far as they relate to defense of property, as follows. 27i The use of force by a person for any of the following purposes, if only such as is reasonable in the circumstances as he believes them to be, does not constitute an offense. c. To protect his property. From trespass. d. To protect property belonging to another from, damage caused by a criminal act or, with the authority of the other, from trespass. 29i For the purposes of S27. a. A person uses force in relation to property not only where he applies force to, but also where he causes an impact on that property. Shopkeeper's privilege is a law recognized in some parts of the United States under which a shopkeeper is allowed to detain a suspected shoplifter on store property for a reasonable period of time, so long as the shopkeeper has cause to believe that the person detained in fact committed, or attempted to commit, theft of store property. Limits the privilege to detain, although recognized in many jurisdictions, is not as broad as a police officer's privilege to arrest. If the shopkeeper exceeds the bounds of this privilege and makes an arrest, the lawfulness of his action will be determined by the jurisdiction's rules governing arrest by a private citizen. The shopkeeper's privilege is for the purpose of investigation only, if, after reasonable detention and investigation, the shopkeeper mistakenly concludes that the suspect is guilty and has him arrested. The shopkeeper may become liable for these acts just as he would have been had he committed them without undertaking a prior detention and investigation. Statutes in many states have modified and in some cases broadened the common law privilege, for example, by expressly permitting detention of the suspect until the police arrive. In other cases, case precedent has provided shopkeepers with similar tools. The practical effect of these extensions is to give the shopkeeper the same privilege as a police officer to make an arrest on reasonable grounds. Rationale. This privilege has been justified by the practical need for some degree of protection for shopkeepers in their dealings with suspected shoplifters. Absent such privilege, a shopkeeper would be faced with the dilemma of either allowing suspects to leave without challenge or acting upon his suspicion and risking a false arrest. The privilege for the most part is to be able to return the stolen goods by determining ownership. The shopkeeper may not force a confession. The shopkeeper's privilege does not include the power of search. Some courts, however, have expanded this original common law privilege to also include the detention of criminal trespassers. He detention and removal of a criminal trespasser is an essential power of any shopkeeper or other property owner. Requisite conditions. In seeking to avail themselves of the shopkeeper's privilege, the proprietor or agent thereof must ensure. 1. The investigation is conducted near or on the premises. The detention itself should be effected either on the store premises or in the immediate vicinity thereof. The privilege likely would not apply to after-the-fact questioning of a suspected thief who had left the store's property. While the common law does permit the owner of goods acting on fresh pursuit to use reasonable force to recapture his or her goods from one who actually took them wrongfully, in doing so the property owner acts at his or her own peril. Moreover, the investigation must be to determine ownership of the property, not to force a confession. 2. The shopkeeper has reasonable grounds to suspect the particular person detained is shoplifting. 3. Only reasonable, non-deadly force is used to effect the detention. Such force being justified when the suspect is in immediate flight or violently resists detention. 4. The detention itself lasts only the time necessary to make a reasonable investigation of the facts. 
15 minutes may be too long where all that is necessary is to ask the cashier whether the detainee has paid. In cases where a shopkeeper fails to satisfy the aforementioned requisite conditions, he or she loses the privilege and may face liability under local criminal statutes and civil torts. However, so long as these conditions are established, the shopkeeper is immune from liability for false arrest, battery, etc., even when it is discovered after the investigation that the person detained was innocent of any wrongdoing. Statutory Analogues The common law shopkeeper's privilege has been superseded in most states by so-called shoplifting statutes, or merchant statutes, that allow merchants, their employees, and their agents to detain suspected shoplifters for the investigation of merchandise or property ownership, the recovery of unpurchased merchandise or property, and the summoning of a police officer. The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike License. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The content of this podcast was last edited on March 29, 2020. Hi, this is Annie from Au Simone. You're listening to a Creative Commons licensed podcast.